most of us know that negativity isn't something that we want to practice on a daily basis, but most of us don't even realize that is exactly what we do. It's how we live and it's what we are teaching our kids. We are cultivating a generational habitual negativity bias where most people look at everything as glass half empty. As usual, keeping it real on the Self-Improvement Podcast, I'm your host, Christy Davis, and I am looking forward to diving into talking about negativity bias. If you haven't already, make sure you follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode that you might like. Hey, hey, welcome to visit number 34 to the Self-Improvement Room podcast. This is where we talk about all things personal development, all things making your life better. Because that is what I've spent the last 10 years doing in my own life. I had it pretty bad there for a long time and I got to tell you a lot of that time was due to my inability to get my shit together and in saying that it wasn't really that easy so I like to share what I did what I've learned what I've found what I continue to do what works what doesn't for me I love sharing it with you so you can hopefully benefit from at least something that you hear in one of these podcasts. And today I'm talking about unmasking the negativity menace. So tell me, is your mind hiding a silent and deadly troublemaker? Because I'm telling you, we don't know half the time. We think we're walking around enjoying life, which we probably are or hopefully are to some degree, but we're looking for the negative in everything. The glass is always half empty and we have cultivated this society and I think it's generational. It's being brought down from generation to generation to generation because I see it in kids as young as three and four. They already have this negativity bias and it's like, you weren't born that way, kid. What happened? And if we don't become more self-aware and recognize this bias towards negativity, this world is going to be a very unhappy, negatively charged world for us to live in and for us to leave our kids and our grandkids in. You know, I think negativity is a bit of a silent and pervasive troublemaker and I think it hides in the corners of our mind impacting our mental health and influencing our daily lives more than we realize. I myself have recently had my brain scanned uh, or mapped, very interesting experience but one of the findings was that I did have a tendency towards negativity And that freaked me out because I literally spend every day working on that. So I can't imagine how negative I must have been if it's still showing up in my scan. 
So I want to talk about this phenomenon. I want to explore negativity, its consequences on our mental well-being and its contagious nature because we often find ourselves gravitating towards negativity despite the fact that positivity can make us feel really freaking good. So it's time to unmask this and understand why it has its sublime power over us. Let's start at positivity bias because before we delve into the world of negativity, I think it's really important to understand the concept of positivity bias. And I've talked to a lot of my students and a lot of my clients about positivity bias and it's usually the same couple of answers that come up and it's not quite in line with what I have found positivity bias to mean. So I want to talk about that first. So firstly, humans, we have this inherent inclination to focus more on negative experiences and information than we do positive ones. So positivity bias is not about being positive all of the time. It's far from that. And (laughs) my students were arguing with me yesterday. It was so cute. Uh, And I knew this was coming. And um, I kind of already had my answer ready to go. But we were talking about positivity bias and they said, you cannot be positive in every situation. I said, absolutely not. And they're like, well, then how can you have positivity bias? And I said... It's more about being biased to seeing the positive in situations. And they said, you can't be like that all of the time. And I'm like, it's not a way to be, it's more of a mindset. And uh, they just really didn't want to accept that you could be in a state of positivity bias and still experience negativity. So their example, which I knew was coming, I knew it was coming, was... How can you be happy or be positive, let's say, if your mum died? And there it was. I'm like, well, (laughs) firstly, nobody is telling you to be positive when your mum died. And then they started coming up with their own examples because they thought that they could contribute and show how they could possibly have their own positivity bias. So one of them said, well, it would be one less mouth to feed. I'm like, oh, okay, probably probably not that, but okay, that's, you know, good for trying. Uh, and another one said, well, it's definitely going to be less expensive for the family if it was less one member. And I'm thinking, mm, nope, still not there. Keep trying. Actually, stop trying and I, <laughs> I will endeavour to, uh, to explain it a little better. No, we do not have to, and I said, God forbid, of course, if something did happen to one of your parents, we do not have to look for the positive in the situation. We do not have to go, "Mm, well, that's, you know, less mouse to feed, it's cheaper. Not that, not that at all. Positivity bias is looking at such an awful experience like painful experience like losing a loved one or a parent and saying okay I'm devastated I'm broken you know I don't know how I'm going to recover from this they're all normal feelings and those feelings are all perfectly natural to have 
having a positivity bias in that scenario versus a negativity bias looks something like this is the most difficult thing that I've ever been through. I'm hurt. I'm broken. I don't see a way forward right now, but I hope one day I can find that path. And I'm sure one day my mom or my loved one would want me to find that path. They would want me to find some sort of happiness in this life again. Whereas negativity bias could look more like I'm done. I cannot go on. This is not fair. This happens to me all of the time. The worst happens to me. Why does it happen to me? What have I done? This is how my life is going to be forever. What is the point? There's your negativity bias. Now again, I don't like using the example of a loved one because nobody is thinking rationally in those in those circumstances and you're certainly not thinking about having one less mouth to feed. <laughs> so that is the most extreme example of positivity bias. It's looking at an incredibly difficult, painful situation and seeing that there is something there to look forward to, to look up to rather than looking back or looking down to. Now, humans have that, as I said, inherent inclination to focus more on the negative experiences than the positive ones. This is a psychological phenomenon that served as an evolutionary advantage. So really being vigilant about potential threats is what helped our ancestors survive. But in today's world, that bias can lead to chronic stress, anxiety and a general sense of unhappiness. We don't need to be ready in that fight, flight, freeze mode all of the time. We don't need to be standing waiting to run away from bears, (laughs) waiting to have the next negative thing come along and and scare us or threaten our lives. We are past that. We are well past that in society, but those inclinations still hang about. Now, negativity though has this profound influence on our mental health. Constant exposure to negative thoughts, so thinking negatively all of the time or a lot of the time, it creates a toxic environment within our minds. It's like a garden full of weeds that you can't even see the beautiful flower bed anymore. It fills our body with stress and anxiety and it leads to things like depression. We can become very drained emotionally. Constant negativity leaves us emotionally drained, making it really difficult to experience joy and contentment. I know, and I talk about this with my husband a lot uh, because he has a predisposition to negativity and just quietly I keep blaming him for my latest brain mapping scan. (laughs) But, you know, we 
I know we take we take uh, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. But he has this predisposition to negativity, and it really does hinder him from feeling or hinder hinder his experience of joy and contentment. And this happens with a lot of people. Ask yourself, have you had something really amazing happen? And then within a few seconds, you're like, okay, that's enough joy. I don't want to experience any more joy because I can't control how I will feel if something happens. We always have that fear that something's going to come along and screw it up. (laughs) No, we cannot have too much joy in our life because something will come along and screw it up. Negative thoughts have a way of really sapping our emotional energy and we are just so prone to thinking that way and expecting that the worst is going to happen, especially if we experience moments of joy. They are very fleeting and that is because we are fearful that it's not going to last yet we don't even give it a chance to. And that's just the emotional drain part. The next step or the next part is stress and anxiety. Prolonged exposure to negativity increases stress and anxiety levels. Worrying about past failures or future uncertainties can be completely debilitating. I know because I lived there. I would always worry about past failures I would always worry about future uncertainties. I don't know if you have the same thing that I kind of have, but I, for a very long time, felt like I could predict the future. (laughs) I knew what was happening and it wasn't uncertain for me. I was going to predict that something bad was going to happen. Now I'm at the point where I still predict future uncertainties (laughs) just don't have the negative connotation there all of the time but that is still debilitating and tiring we need to learn to live in the moment not in the past not in the future in the moment and we have to appreciate what we have now not what we might have had or what we have never had or what we might never have today is the day that we are living and we need to make that as positive as we can. Negativity doesn't only affect your mind and your mental health. It can take a toll on your physical health as well because chronic stress can lead to a weakened immune system, heart problems and a whole array of other medical issues, medical and health issues. So negativity is not good for your body or your mind. Negativity is also contagious. And this is something that I've really been paying attention to at the moment in my life and my studies is just how contagious negativity is. And I'm pretty sure my last brain map, my last brain mapping uh, experience is what started me on that little journey um, of going, is this contagious? Is this because I'm surrounded by people who have this negativity bias, which it's not their fault. I think it's really hard to find somebody that has a positivity bias. One of the most insidious aspects of negativity is how contagious it is. That shit is more contagious than the COVID. I'm telling you. 
And just as COVID did or does, negativity spreads easily from one person to another as well. When we're around negative people or in a negative environment, we tend to absorb those emotions, those feelings, and that can create a domino effect where one person's negativity triggers another's leading to a spiral of pessimism. Have you ever had dinner or gone out for lunch or drinks with a friend or a co-worker and they start talking about negativity and they kind of get really ramped up about it and next minute you've got this energy and you start adding all the shit that is negative in your life and all the bad stuff happening to you? Next minute you're both in this spiral of pessimism but you're feeding off each other going, yeah, that's pretty shit. Yeah, that's that's what is happening to me too. And you know such and such? Oh my God, don't even get me started. Last week is like the worst week ever. You know, those conversations. I, I focus on my conversations a lot more now and sometimes I even know that I'm doing it. But it feels so good. I'm like, I'm going to just, I'm committed. I'm going to just keep on going. (laughs) But if we want to change this habit and feel better and happy most of the time, then we need to understand that we can't enter into that negative space. Instead, we need to lead by example and offer a different conversation change the conversation, heighten the vibration and see what offering something positive can do to the conversation and the environment. As I said, despite knowing the detrimental effects of negativity, I myself and many other people often find ourselves gravitating towards it. There's a couple of reasons for this, which is what I have, again, been looking into lately because I'm like, why am I doing this? Why does it feel good? (laughs) I need to understand this because I know how good being positive and being in that mindset feels as well. So there are several reasons for that ridiculous paradox that drives me nuts. And I've already told you the first one, which is survival instinct. So humans have that survival instinct that makes us more attuned to potential threats. Even if there are no threats, we're still attuned to what could happen. And then we naturally pay more attention to negative information to protect ourselves. So that is something that is kind of built in us. But over time, we can change that. And epigenetics is actually showing us that we can change our thoughts and that can actually change our genes. And that then changes our kids' genes. So we can apparently turn particular genes on and off. So even though there is that survival instinct, we can teach our bodies and our minds to let go of that, to trust and to feel safer. The next reason for gravitating towards negativity, even though we know it's not good for us, is news and media. And this is why I try not to watch the news or read the media. 
because they frequently focus on negative stories because they need to grab our attention. And this constant exposure to negativity through the news and through social media can really enforce our natural bias. We also use it as a coping mechanism. For some, focusing on the negative aspects can be a way of coping with difficult situations. It's basically a defense mechanism to prepare for the worst. And then lastly, our friends can influence us. If those around us are negative, friends and family, then we are more likely to conform to that atmosphere. The peer pressure alone can be a powerful force in shaping our attitudes. So if you are out at a social event and there's six of you and they are all talking negatively and about something that pissed them off at work and you're sitting there ready with a positive story, (laughs) you're going to be less likely to share. You're going to be more likely to think twice and see if you can find something negative to add to, uh, to the current environment. So it's really sad and unfortunate but we are kind of geared towards negativity which makes it so difficult to break the habit and embrace positivity. But if we start to recognise the impact of negativity and what it's doing to our lives then that's the first step to combating it because to lead a happier more fulfilling life we need to understand what our life feels like when it's in that negative stage so how do we get from this survival instinct and living the way we've always lived to living a fulfilling happy life there are a couple of things that I do and that everybody suggests not everybody but everybody that is feeling great themselves suggests And if you've tuned into the podcast before, these are things that you would have heard multiple times because these are just the way to create a great life. So the first one is practicing mindfulness. And what that means is becoming more aware, so more self-aware of your thoughts and your emotions because that's going to help you identify when you're being negative And then stop in that thinking pattern and start to look for new thoughts. Start to cultivate happier thoughts by habit. Because this negative thinking pattern, it's habitual for most of us. It's just what we do. It's on repeat. Listen to your thoughts. Listen to what you say to yourself. Listen to the conversation you have with yourself. Whether it's about you or others, just listen and see how much of it is positive and how much of it is negative. We need to practice that mindfulness, becoming aware of how we feel and what we're thinking. Step number two, (laughs) we need to limit our exposure to negativity. Be mindful of what you're consuming, both in terms of the news, social media, and people you surround yourself with. Reducing exposure to negativity can significantly improve your mental well-being. So you really have to work on limiting that exposure to negativity. I say this one all of the time because it's one of the biggest 
biggest things and that is practicing gratitude. If you regularly remind yourself of the positive aspects in your life, gratitude can shift your focus from the negative to the positive. It is such a powerful tool, such a powerful, I don't know if it's an emotion, I'll have to look that up, I'll have to Google that, (laughs) but whatever it is, it's freaking powerful. And lastly, on top of limiting your exposure to negativity, surround yourself with positivity. Seek out and really nurture those relationships with positive, supportive people who can help you maintain that positive outlook. That can be really hard. You might have to go searching on Facebook for groups or depending on what you love, what your hobbies are, looking for people who are in that space of what you enjoy and what you love and people who are cultivating that positive atmosphere. There is nothing more important than that because they say you are made up of the top five people or you're a makeup of the top five people you spend the most time with. So have a look at those top five people. Are they negative or are they positive? If they're mostly negative, I'm not saying don't spend time with them. I'm saying look for other people that you can add to your people or circle of people and focus on spending time with people who are supportive. Negativity is a powerful force that can honestly silently wreak havoc on your mental health and your well-being. By understanding its influence and recognizing how bloody contagious it is and learning why we gravitate towards it, that can really help unmask and address negativity bias. By embracing positivity and taking steps to combat negativity, we can honestly lead happier, healthier lives free from the clutches of negativity. Negativity sucks. And you might think it feels good, but have you tried living with positivity bias? That's my question for you this week. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please come back and visit the self-improvement room with us. All you have to do is click the follow button so you can be notified when the next episode is available. And there is a new one out every single Thursday. Well, that might be another day Wednesday maybe if you're in America. Either way, it's out every single week. So I hope you... Come and join me in the next episode of the Self-Improvement Room podcast. Until next week, stay safe and stay positive.